Hello everyone, I hope you are well. I'm Carlos Carnicero Uravallin and I want to welcome you all to Future is Blue, a series of podcasts bringing together top experts from academia and think tanks to discuss the most pressing European economic and policy challenges of today. This is a Funkas Europe initiative and we hope we can bring new ideas for a more inspiring debate about Europe. The prospect of recession is hunting the Western world, there are a number of questions about what will happen to the real estate sector and the housing market. Are we safe from the bubble burst nightmare days that we suffered during the global financial crisis? How prepared is the financial sector to deal with inflation and rising interest rates? To get some answers, we are joined by Judith Montoriol Garriga lead economist at CaixaBank Research. Thank you for joining the Future is Blue podcast, Judith. Hello, thanks for having me. Excellent, you're, you're welcome. So, um, Judith, I wanted to start this interview asking you about the housing market in, in Spain and in the, uh, the neighboring countries. Um, so it seems that the housing market, especially after COVID, seems to be experiencing remarkably high prices. It seems that this was a different kind of crisis than in the past because we've seen housing, the housing market go up rather than going down. Uh, I wonder, what are your thoughts on that, on, the, on this, this trend? Well, uh, is it true that during the pandemic, housing demand and prices have rebounded in housing markets in many advanced economies? Um, and this is uh, due, we think, uh, as, a, as a consequence of many changes uh, during the pandemic, no? a change in preferences of people of wanting to you know, change uh, their uh, house, wanting uh, more uh, space and maybe at the outskirts of, of cities. And also because of very low interest rates, uh, it also favor uh, the investment in housing. And you know, we have also these uh, excess savings and you know, because of the low interest rates, so many of these savings were directed to, to the real estate market. So we've seen very high price increases in many, many countries. If we look at an aggregate indicator of housing prices for developed uh, economies uh, that uh, develops the, the Dallas Fed, we see a 14% year-on-year increase in the fourth quarter of 2021. So this is very high notable acceleration compared to the pre-pandemic uh, trend, which was an average of 4% on average between 2015 and 2019. So we have this very rapid uh, real house price uh, appreciation and here the question is whether this corresponds to a you know a, a, a dynamic that can be attributed to a bubble you know a housing bubble or it corresponds more to the fundamentals and here uh, what we can say depending on which indicators uh, we look at but uh, focusing for example at the exuberance index of the Dallas Fed what we can say is that for some countries not all of them uh, we can, uh, so the data suggests 
that this uh, behavior of prices is kind of uh, exuberance. Okay, so uh, for example, the most notable countries uh, in this group uh, would be New Zealand, Canada, Australia, and here more close to, to our economy, the Netherlands, Luxembourg and, and Sweden. And just to, to remark that Spain is not on the list, and despite that, you know, we have also experienced high uh, house appreciation, it's uh, not uh, uh, the same compared to these other countries where, you know, the, the, the behavior could be more attribu attributed to a bubble. And we are not seeing that in Spain uh, for now. I wanted to ask you about the, the, the changes in preferences of uh, consumers. You mentioned the, the fact that people are looking for more space, for having maybe a garden, a terrace, some a house where they could telework. And, uh, and, and so preferences are changing. And I wonder what's the impact of, of the changes in the preferences in the, in the real estate markets. And also, I, I'm curious about the fact that, you know, um, the, the space for offices all around the world has been, well, dur during the pandemic, probably this, uh, this was a huge shock. But, but after the pandemic, we're seeing more uh, of a hybrid model put in place by companies. And, and of course, offices are still there, but maybe offices are smaller. So what, what are the impact of these changes in, on the one hand, changes in, in, the, in the preferences of consumers and changes in the, how companies use their spaces? Any thoughts on, any thoughts on this? Uh, yes, starting with uh, housing. So I think that here the question is whether how much of this change in preferences is because of the pandemic and we will see, you know, a reversion uh, of uh, some of, of these trends or it's more a, of a permanent change. And it depends on which country you look at. I mean, in the US, it seems a little bit more structural, uh, people uh, going to, into the outskirts, maybe because teleworking uh, is already, you know, more uh, extended. Uh, but when we look at the data for Spain, for instance, we were looking at the number of housing sales outside of the province capital compared to the total of housing sales in the province. Just this is an approximation to see, you know, if people is moving outside of the big urban centers. And in 2020 and the first two quarters of 2021, we've seen a, a decline in the in these uh, indicators. So people moving out. But even the last uh, last year, in the first last quarters of 2021, and the data that we have for 2022, we are seeing in Spain a reversion of these preferences. So people are going back and moving again into city centers. So I would say that for Spain, that move was a little bit, you know, it means that people that move out are probably already staying out. But uh, you know, after that movement, we are not seeing, you know. Uh, that uh, to be very, very permanent, okay? And in terms of offices, I would say that uh, also talking about Spain, we are moving to, to more this hybrid uh, type of work, no? Where we telework, but we, it's not that we, you know, telework like full time, no? It's that we need to go to the office maybe three, four times a week. It's not the five uh, days a week as we used to go, but it's still, you know, a reasonable number uh, of days that we need to be uh, uh, in person person no, at the office and probably uh, I think that uh, offices are you know um, 
need to change the way they are designed. No? This is what people say is like when you are at work, uh, you need to favor the interaction, you know, uh, work on things that, re uh, that require more teamwork, creativity, etc. And then, you know, uh, th that requires a change in the spaces no? and how offices are designed. Interesting. Yeah, I think when employees go to the office now, they need to feel if whether if they need to take the car and spend 30 minutes commuting, they need to feel that it's really worth it. Um, I wanted to ask you about the current situation with remarkably high prices and inflation going up. And, and we're seeing central banks taking action on inflation and interest rates uh, are on the rise. And we expect this, the European Central Bank to act accordingly very soon. Um, what's what's you, what's what the impact do you think this is going to have in the housing market? So, uh, of course, uh, the the change in the monetary policy uh, that we are already, I, I mean, just the announcement, no, we are seeing that uh, Euribor uh, is already uh, climbing and, and increasing uh, like around 1%. Uh, is where it currently stands and this for sure uh, will have you know an impact on the real estate uh, sector and what we uh, expect is that in the short run because of this momentum and rising cost uh, construction cost etc we think that for a few months we could still have you know very high uh, numbers in terms of sales and prices, but in uh, just in a few uh, quarters, we are expecting a cooling down of, of the markets. So here the question is uh, that the impact will be different in different countries. So what I was pointing out at the beginning, we have some countries where we can see that the housing markets are overheated. And in these markets, the impact of increase uh, increasing interest rates may potentially be more harmful. And here the question is whether we will be able to have, you know, a soft landing in these countries. Well, it, it, it seems quite uh, more difficult, right? So it could be, you know, a more uh, abrupt correction of housing prices in these countries uh, that I was saying before, you know, Canada or the Netherlands, Sweden, where we have this very high acceleration of housing prices. Now, with this change in monetary policy stance, we could see uh, corrections in this in this in these countries. However, as I was saying, not everybody, you know, not uh, you know, not all countries are, are the same. And in particular, when we focus in Spain and we look at many many indicators of how is uh, performing the housing market, also about the banking sector, about the conditions of credit, you know, LTB, many other indicators, we are uh, you know quite uh, confident that uh, we are expecting a slowdown in the market. Okay. Uh, but uh, it could be, uh, you know, kind of a soft landing uh, in this case because we are, we are not seeing imbalances for the Spanish housing. What market. about the the impact of this uh, of rising interest rates when it comes to the the effect that this is going to have in financial entities? Well, I think that uh, what we uh, know is that uh, after the global financial crisis, there was a huge change on how uh, financial entities are being supervised and about all the capital requirements. Especially we have the macroprudential policies that have been put in place in order to you know, soften this uh, financial cycle, right? So what we see now is that banks are much better capitalized and we think you know, 
uh, that they will be able to you know, weather this uh, slowdown in the housing market. For instance, in Spain, when we look at the real estate development and construction activities, you know, the loans on real estate development, they represent now 8.7% of total uh, bank loans to the private sector compared to 26% in 2007, right? So this is really a huge decrease on the exposure of the banking sector to uh, construction and real estate development. And that, you know, I think it's just to highlight one indicator that tells us that, that the exposi exposition of the banking sector to the real estate market is much lower this time. I, want, I have one more question about, um, we're seeing, I mean, I think this is a global phenomenon, but it's definitely a problem in Europe and in, especially for big capitals. We're seeing young people struggling to, to have uh, reasonable access to the housing market. When you look at policy answers to this, uh, to this question, and, and there are a number of, of, of options, would you mention any particular policy that has, been proof, has proved uh, successful in terms of allowing younger people to, to access a home? And any thoughts on that? Yes, I think that, I mean, in terms of uh, policies, uh, it's true that, you know, that housing affordability, it's a, it's a huge problem, especially for, uh, you know, young people. And I think that here, uh, social uh, housing rental, um, you know, uh, housing uh, uh, provision of housing, of rental housing uh, for uh, at affordable uh, rents, uh, should be the priority. So for many, many years, uh, you know, the social housing in Spain was, uh, you know, oriented to uh, the, the sales market, right? And this uh, basically after a few years, you know, these uh, housing units could go into the free market, right? And it's uh, so now we are in a situation that uh, Spain has built a lot of social housing in the past 40 years, but you know, our you know, housing. Uh, uh, market uh, for public uh, housing is very, very low because it's, uh, it went into, the, into the, the free market. So I think that really focusing on the social rental market should be the priority. What about, I'm tempted to, this is the last question, but I, I'm curious to know what are your thoughts on caps in, in rents, because this is something that's been done in some countries, but I, I don't think the, the results were so successful. But any thoughts on the idea of, of capping maximum levels for rents and whether this is this has a real impact in terms of benefiting access? Well, clearly there, is, there are a lot of studies, uh, international studies, looking at these uh, experiences of capping rents. And clearly most of them, I mean, not to say all of them, but, uh, you know, a huge majority, uh, you know, uh, highlights the huge side uh, effects of these uh, rental caps. Yes, there's less investment in terms of, you know, the, the refurbishment of the, of the properties. Uh, you know, there is uh, also, depending on how these uh, rent caps are implemented, it may have an impact on the, on the limits. For instance, if a city implements but the city next to it does not, then it has a very, you know, side effects or negative effects on the other markets, okay? So, uh, you know, there are many, many studies uh, showing this, uh, how these negative effects probably end up, uh, you know, uh, 
being much more than the potential benefits of these measures. So probably measures that are more targeted to families that are vulnerable and that need housing help are more appropriate than these measures that are uh, across the board no, for everybody. And many people that don't need uh, this uh, aid uh, are having aid and the people that most need may not even have it. They may suffer discrimination also in these markets. All right, we're coming to an end. Thank you. Uh, thanks a lot, Judith Montreal Garriga, lead economist at Caixa Bank Research. It was great having you on the Futurist Blue podcast. Thank you. Thank you all for joining. This was all for now. We will come back soon with more exciting speakers on Europe's economic and policy-related key debates. Future is Blue is a Funcas Europe initiative. I'm Carlos Carnicero Ravallen, and if you enjoyed this podcast, feel free to recommend it to others and share it on social media. Thank you all, and stay well. Thank you.